book of 1 John, 1 John, and uh, chapter number 1 this morning, 1 John chapter number 1, I was, uh, I was studying uh, the Sermon on the Mount, going to uh, preach on blessed are the pure in heart, that's our next uh, place in the text, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. And uh, as I was studying, I was reading behind a man who referenced 1 John uh, chapter number 1. And uh, as I began to read it, the Lord uh, spoke to me and showed me some things. I want to preach this morning out of 1 John chapter number 1 and uh, read uh, just three or four, five, six verses um, this morning. Let's, uh, let's stand, if you will. Uh, all over the building while we read the text. First uh, John chapter number 1 and verse number 5. Uh, we are, uh, we are going to read down to verse number 10 this morning. And uh, I will, uh, I'll do my best to get you out of here as quickly as possible. Uh, I know we got some food over there and uh, I'm excited about it. I don't know what all is over there, but I... Uh, they, they were kidding around this morning and said, uh, if we ever build anything new, we build a new sanctuary. When we do, uh, we're going to have to make sure that the preacher's office is nowhere near the fellowship hall. And uh, <laughs> uh, it's hard to pull one over on me when I can see you coming in the driveway, ain't it? And that's it, my choice. I really like that. I could put an office over here, but I really like keeping tabs and seeing. So y'all going to have to fight me on that when we've never... We hadn't had a church fight or a church split in 15 years, and that would be the one that would do it, where the location of the preacher's office is. Um, uh, 1 John chapter number 1 and uh, verse number 5. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Boy, isn't that the truth? Verse 6. If we say... That we have. Notice that if. If we say. And you're going to see that a lot in the next several verses. If we say. If we say. Uh, John gives us a hypothetical scenario. Uh, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. Verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Verse 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 10, if we say, that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. There's a whole lot of ifs uh, in those verses. If we say, if we walk, if we confess, if we say. Uh, John paints a hypothetical scenario. That's what I want to preach on this morning. Hypothetically speaking, uh, where are you? Uh, are, that's some mighty big ifs. Would be another good title. Um, let's pray this morning. Lord, we love you and we thank you for the word of God. Thank you, Lord, for the people of God. Thank you for letting us be here this morning. 
And I pray, God, that you'd touch the preaching of the Word of God. Lord, may it go forth in power and unction and demonstration. Lord, thank you for your Word. God, give us, uh, give us uh, liberty, I pray. Lord, give me discernment, uh, Lord, in the message. Lord, I thank you for it, and I bless you for it. In Christ's name, amen. You can be seated this morning. I've already gave you the, the title. Uh, or the thought that I want to preach this morning, a, a hypothetical scenario uh, that John gives uh, in these verses. If we say, if this is what you do, if this is what you say, then this uh, is the possibility or this is the reality. Uh, I, uh, I'll, I'll give you this briefly by introduction so you know something about the book of 1 John. Uh, it is written uh, by, by John uh, to uh, the Christian. Uh, the Christian is the uh, recipient of the book of 1 John. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, it's not really evangelistic. It's not a, it's not a declaration, per se, of the gospel. Uh, uh, it is, uh, it is uh, written with the, uh, with the child of God in mind. Uh, it is uh, a personal book. Uh, J. Vernon McGee said this about the book of uh, 1 John, that it is uh, like the Lord uh, through John calls the church into the living room and sits down with the family and talks about family business. Uh, he said that it is a uh, family epistle. Uh, you're either in the family of God or you're not in the family of God. If you're in the family of God, you're there because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And if you're there, then you belong. You find yourself in this little epistle, this little book of 1 John. Uh, we know that the main subject or the main uh, recipient that he's talking to is the body of Christ because uh, nine times in, these, uh, in this uh, short little book, you'll see, the, you'll see the words together, my little children. Uh, my little children. You'll see that nine times in the book of 1 John. Uh, so we know who he's addressing. He's not addressing the lost people of the world. He's not addressing the sinners who need to be saved, but he's talking to my little children. And when God saved you, he made you a child of God. And so he's describing us. Uh, you, you see the word uh, beloved five times. Uh, he is talking to those who are a part of the blessedness and the, uh, uh, the love of God. They've received that love uh, in, their, in their spirit and in their life. Um, not only that, you'll see the word father uh, 13 times. God addresses himself in 1 John as a father to his children. He is our heavenly father. You say, why is that important? Because I want you to know this morning that John is writing to me and you. If you're saved, he is writing with you in mind. And he tells us why he's written. He said, these things I've written unto you that your joy might be full. Another place in 1 John, he said, these things have I written unto you that you might know that you have everlasting life. And if you know you're saved, that will have something to do with your joy. Uh, but in the opening of this 
um, text. In the opening, he gives us some hypothetical scenarios, and he uses that word if, 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 if. Uh, I want to give you three uh, hypothetical scenarios. I want to give you three possibilities that are setting in here this morning. That one of these three, no doubt you fit into. Uh, you have walked in these doors this morning. I've walked in these doors this morning. And, and one of these possibilities describes you. Whether you want it to or not, it does. One of these possibilities defines you. One of these possibilities, uh, it is you. It is a description of you. One of John's hypothetical possibilities. His hypothetical scenarios define everyone in here. Uh, let, me, let me give you the first one this morning. Look, look with me uh, in verse number 5. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you. He said, here's the message we want to declare unto you. That God is light and in him is no darkness at all. How many of you believe the word of God this morning? God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Here's the hypothetical scenario. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness we lie and do not the truth uh, here is the uh, first scenario that possibly describes someone in here many in here this morning and it is that of the disobedient Christian uh, the disobedient Christian I, I want you to notice the, 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 the wordage in verse 6 if we say that we have fellowship because we're not going to tell the truth. No, most people won't anyways. I'm out of fellowship with God. I'm not right with God. That, that would hinder our pride. That would hurt our pride. And so many times we say, oh, I have fellowship with God. Uh, how's things between you and the Lord? Oh, it's good. Never, never been better. No, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. Uh, life is good and God is good and church is good and, and I have fellowship with God. But here's what the Bible said. If we have fellowship, if we say we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Now there's another time that the Bible's going to describe an individual. We'll look at them in a minute. And the Bible said that the truth is not in them. That the word is not in them. And there is a difference in not doing the truth and the truth not being in you. If the truth's not in you, you've never been set free. You're lost. But it's possible this morning for the truth to be in you and you be walking in darkness and not doing the truth. No doubt this morning there's folks and you've walked in here and you're saved and you're going to heaven with all of us that are saved and going to heaven. But right now in your walk, right now in your life, you are walking in darkness and you are deceiving, uh, uh, trying to at least others uh, and doing not the truth. That is a disobedient Christian. I'll read it to you again, verse 6. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness... We lie and do not the truth. That, that, that's, a, that's a popular movement of our day. Uh, God's not mad at sin. Uh, we've heard it preached. God's not upset with sin. God's gracious and God is gracious. Boy, isn't God gracious. Aren't you glad that God is gracious? God's full of grace and mercy, but he's got so much grace that he'll reveal to you that you're in trouble so you can get help. 
Uh, that, is, that is a lie to walk in darkness. Uh, and that has many different forms. It may be some rebellion. It may be bitterness or anger or, 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 or lying or, or, or uh, distance from God. It, it may be jealousy. Uh, it, it, may, it may be a, a disobedience of some sort that no one knows about, but it's darkness, and that is what you are walking in. And if that's what we're living in and walking in, you, you may be saved, uh, but you are doing not the truth. And here's what the Bible said happens when this is your scenario. Uh, you have no fellowship. Here's the contrast, verse 7. But, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. I'm going to tell you something this morning that the disobedient Christian loses. Not his salvation. Are y'all hearing me this morning? The disobedient Christian does not lose his salvation. How many of you know and believe the word of God this morning that when God saves you, it is final, it is forever. Thank God. If you could lose it, we'd all have lost it. It'd all be gone. You're not going to lose your salvation, but I'll tell you what you will lose this morning. When you say you have fellowship with God but walk in darkness, that, 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 that really is hypocrisy. That is saying one thing, and, and I know that there is darkness in all of us. I know there is sin in all of us, but the difference is not sin being in you, but you being in sin. When you are living a life of disobedience as a Christian, here's the first thing that you lose. You lose fellowship one with another. Uh, one of the very first things that people do uh, when they get sideways with God is they get sideways with people who live for God. Uh, that you, you, can't, you can't be out of fellowship with God and in fellowship with God's bride. It don't work like that. Uh, you, you're going to pinpoint and pick and find problems within the church because you are disobedient. And when you are disobedient in your Christian walk, and it may be a personal matter, maybe a public matter, I, I don't know, but when, when you uh, lose fellowship with God, and again, this is not God taking you out of His family. This is you taking yourself out of fellowship because of disobedience. Immediately, you lose fellowship with the body of Christ. You lose fellowship with the people of God. There's no fellowship with your brother or your sister in Christ. Verse 7 tells us if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Look, look back in verse number 3 this morning. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his son Christ or Jesus Christ. Sin will cause you to lose fellowship with God. Is that not right? I mean, when, 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 uh, when you're living, uh, and, and again, I know none of us are perfect, none of us are without error, but when you are living a life of confession to God, uh, and, and simply put, one man said like this, keep a, keep a, short, uh, keep a short ledger with God. 
You say, what does that mean? Uh, well, we're all going to mess up. We're all going to sin. But keep a short ledger with God. Keep that stuff confessed and clean in your life. And you can go on with fellowship in your life with God. But you let your sin pile up. And you'll find out it's been a day since you prayed. And it's been two days since you prayed. And it's been a week since you prayed. And a month since you prayed. And it'll go on years and decades since you have talked with the Lord. You know why? It's not because you lost your salvation. It is because there's something... Uh, in your life, a disobedience and sin that was left unchecked and unconfessed and it ripped apart your fellowship with God. And it'll do that with your brother in Christ. I have witnessed in my family in raising children and you have as well. I have witnessed it in my family as being a child and having parents. I have witnessed it within my own immediate family uh, when, 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 there were, uh, when there have been issues that were not dealt with. It, it, there's somehow, you, you, you can't even explain it, but it pulls, it pulls, it puts a wedge, a division. If that takes place within our, within our literal families, our flesh and blood, uh, how much do you think that takes place within the body of Christ, that spiritual family. How much do you think that takes place when our sin is left unchecked and unconfessed? There is no fellowship with God. You didn't lose your position as a child. You didn't lose your position uh, as an heir to all that God has. You didn't lose your position as a part of the bride of Christ or the family of God. But your disobedience that was not confessed and made right uh, has brought about a lack of fellowship with your brother, with God. Disobedient Christian, no fellowship. And that's why you see sometimes and say, Preacher, I, man, they were so involved in church. They, they, they were so in, involved. They were crucial. They were a part of everything that was going on. And they, and, and they, were, they were sincere. And man, they, they were on fire. What, what happened? What happened? Some, something must have happened at the church because everybody wants to blame the church. But the truth of the matter is, is there's no blame on God's bride. There's no blame on God's church. All the matters of life are individual matters that happen in your heart. The disobedient Christian is now out of fellowship. What, what, what does that mean, fellowship? Well, simply, and I've said it to you before, it's two fellows in the same ship. But that don't mean you can't laugh at someone's joke that's not in the boat you're in. That don't mean you can't say, hey man, how you doing? That don't mean you can't hug their neck and have some affection towards them. But what that means is what they are, what, they, what is in them is, is, is not uh, what you're in, at least in the moment of disobedience in your life. And it's hard to have communion and fellowship uh, of sincerity when one brother is living for God and right in his spirit and your spirit is sideways against God. It breaks that bond that fellowship do you see what I'm saying this morning uh, the disobedient Christian there's no fellowship with his brother no fellowship with God uh, notice verse number uh, notice uh, verse number 6 if we say that we, have no, that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness we lie and do not the truth I'll tell you something else this morning that you'll lose uh, are you listening to me I'll tell you something else this morning that you'll lose when you, uh, when you uh, live a life of unconfessed sin, this disobedient brother, uh, you'll lose discernment. 
Bible said that he walks in darkness. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Uh, a man walking in darkness can't see where he's going. man walking in darkness can't see what's out in front of him. He can't see the dangers or the pitfalls. He can't see the, uh, the holes uh, in the ground. He can't see the stumps that are protruding out of the ground. He can't see what danger lies ahead. He's walking in darkness. And boy, don't that explain a whole lot of times when we scratch our head and say, I know they're a Christian. Why, why don't they have better discernment than that? Uh, they've lost discernment because they're living in darkness. You, you, get, you get out of the light this morning. You get, you, get, uh, you get bitter in your spirit and angry in your heart and, and ungodly in your walk and jealous in your soul uh, over things that, that ought not be and covetous in your nature. And, and you get that way uh, or, or allow sin to enter into your life that you've entertained and you are living in. It will, it will fog and blind your discernment. You can't see. You're making terrible decisions regarding your family. You're making terrible decisions regarding your marriage. You're making terrible decisions regarding the things of God. Why? It's not because you lost your salvation. It's because you've been living as a saved man, like a lost man, living in darkness when God has brought you out and put you in light. i tell you who, 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 who can't see at all. It is not the man who is in complete darkness, though he can't see either, but it is the man who has been in the light and has now entered into darkness. He can see less than the man who has been living in darkness. Because at least there's some adjustment to the darkness. But you've been living in the light, and now you have exited the light. Are y'all hearing me this morning? Am I preaching truth to anybody that knows it this morning? And, 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 and now you're living in that darkness having known the light and you, can, you can't see anything. And some, some of the worst decisions that I've ever watched people made, make were made by saved people who ought to know better. Saved people who used to know better. Saved people who should have known better. But they are living in darkness. They are disobedient. They have no discernment. Hypothetically speaking this morning, if we say, would this describe you? Just hypothetically speaking, is there fellowship or have you lost that? Is there fellowship with God or have you lost that? Is there discernment in your life or have you lost that? I'll tell you something else. Living uh, in the will of God will bring joy. Verse 4, And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. But then, verse 6, If we say we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. I'll tell you something else this morning. that When you are a disobedient Christian that you will lose, you'll lose joy. You ever been around people who had so much joy? You ever seen them again and they had very little joy. I, I, somebody said this one time, happiness is determined by our happenings. They're different than joy. Uh, happiness, I, I'll tell you what makes me happy. Uh, a good meal makes me happy. Money in my bank account makes me happy. Uh, my wife uh, brought me coffee this morning. I didn't ask her. She made it, and I was sitting in my chair, and she brought it to me. 
and, I, and, 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 and that makes me happy. And then when she walked back, she said, do you realize what just happened? I just brought you coffee, and you didn't ask me for it. I just got it made it and brought it to you. I said, I don't know. It's, it's good around here. I am happy. Happy. <laughs> uh, when my kids behave, that, that, my, happy. My happiness is determined by my happenings. But joy can be found on your worst day. Joy can be found when there is no money in the bank account. Joy can be found when your family is falling apart. Joy can be found when you did get a bad health record. Joy is not based upon your happenings. It is based upon your relationship with God. It is a fruit of the Spirit of Christ living in you. It is a product of a walk with God that is edifying to God and edifying in your life. Joy. And so therefore, if you have no joy, if you have no joy, you are either lost or you are a disobedient Christian with some sin in your life and it may not be as obvious what it is, but a out of fellowship, out of communion with God that has robbed you of your joy. Hypothetically speaking this morning, this describes some folks in here. And I don't know necessarily who it describes, but you do. And if you live with someone like this, you know that it is a description. And I'm not talking about bad days. Everybody has bad days. I'm not talking about angry moments. Everybody has angry moments. I'm talking about people with no joy, no discernment, no fellowship. I mean, down at the hunting club, you get along with them. Down at the four-wheeling outfit, you get along with them. Down at the office, you get along with them. But you don't get along with church people. You, you, can, you can hang out with your old crew. You can hang out with your old buddies. You can hang out with, that, with, with the crowd that mocks what your church is. But somehow there is no fellowship with God's people. Do you understand this morning that that is a sign? That is a, hypothetically speaking, if that's how it makes us feel better, of a disobedient Christian. Let, let's look at the second one this morning, maybe... Maybe, maybe we'll find, maybe you'll find yourself in here. A disobedient Christian is verse 6. Let, let me show you verse 8. Here's another hypothetical statement. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And notice this, he does not say that we do not the truth, he says the truth is not in us. Verse 10, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, watch this, and his word is not in us. This is not a disobedient Christian. This is a deceived sinner. They are deceived, whether whatever their religion, whatever it is, but they have deceived themselves into believing that they have no need of a Savior. I read behind one man who said this, uh, men love to judge themselves off of other men. And that the base of all morality is the most wicked person who exists. 
And the reason why is because if I am basing myself off of you, I can probably find somebody who's doing it a little bit worse than I am. And I can say, well, I may not be perfect, but I'm better than they are. But that person that I'm judging myself off of can also find someone a little less than them and say, well, I'm not perfect either, but I'm better than they are. And you can go on down the line until you find the most wicked, depraved individual, and that is the standard upon which we judge ourselves, except when God and Christ enters the picture, and then Christ is the... Man likes to take the worst thing around and judge himself off of that. God demands that we take the highest thing and judge ourselves off of that. And you can find the worst man in town and judge yourself off of him and walk away feeling like you've done pretty good. But God does not judge us based on that. God takes the perfection of His Son, the holiness of Himself, and says, if that's not you... You are in desperate trouble. You say, well, preacher, there ain't no way that could ever be me. I'll tell you how that could be you. Down at the cross where I first saw the light. Burdens are, 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 are sin is taken care of. At the cross of Calvary, the blood of Jesus cleanses and makes us white as snow this morning. This is a deceived sinner. I tell you, the deceived sinner is a lot like the disobedient Christian the disobedient Christian no longer has fellowship with God's people the deceived sinner has no fellowship with God's people sometimes it's hard to tell the difference the deceived sinner has no fellowship the disobedient Christian has no fellowship with the church neither do they have fellowship with God that's why a lot of times folks need to get saved in their mind three or four times they keep coming to get saved over and over and over again and it's not a savior problem it's a self problem it's not that there was a problem with the salvation that you got it was that you having a hard time believing it because the fruit that comes with those who walk with God is not evident in your life and so it, there's a lot of similarities of a of a disobedient Christian and a deceived sinner. No fellowship with the church, no fellowship with God. I tell you what else, they have no discernment either. A lost man has no discernment. Not in spiritual matters. He might be able to tell you, he might be able to tell you what the weather looks like and uh, by looking at the sky, he might be able to tell you, he might be able to tell you uh, a, a lot of things about nature and, and farming and hunting and fishing and, and work, and he might be able to, uh, he might be able to build you a savings account that's out of this world. He might not he might know he might know a lot of things, but I'm talking about on the terms of spirituality, the lost man has zero discernment. He makes terrible decisions because he is lost. Same as a disobedient Christian. Hypothetically speaking, let's ask you a question this morning. You got any discernment? Hypothetically speaking this morning, let's ask you a question. Is there any fellowship with God? God's people. Good indicator that there is no fellowship with God because people can lie and say, oh, I've got a great fellowship with God. Do you have fellowship with His people? If there's no fellowship with His people, there's no fellowship with Him. The deceived sinner also has no joy. No joy. 
They can't muster up in it at all. Maybe, maybe the, the disobedient Christian has some joy because at the end of the day, they know they're saved. They know their Redeemer liveth, but the deceived sinner has absolutely no joy. They can't even manufacture something that looks like it. Are y'all hearing me this morning? They can't manufacture something that looks like it. No joy. The Bible said about the deceived sinner, the truth is not in them. The Bible said that they made God a liar. They make a liar out of God. The truth is not in them. And here's what I want to say, and I'll move on to the last one. We'll be done. Here's what I want to say about this deception. The Bible said we deceive ourselves. If, look, look with the text with me, I want you to see it. If we say we have no sin, and it's a telltale sign of a lost person because they won't admit they have sin. Now they might say, well, of course I have sin. We all have sin. But you'll never get them nailed down on sin. Ever. I mean, even a, even a disobedient Christian is going to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm not in fellowship with God. Boy, it ain't right. And, and someone who is ready to get saved, they'll say, I'm, I'm lost and I need to be saved. But, but that religious man, that religious woman, and boy, they're proud of their religion. They, they have deceived themselves into thinking that God sees them like they see them uh, and you not get them to admit, oh, I'm a sinner. Oh, so, well, I know, I know everybody is sin, but I, I mean... No, no, I've never done really all that bad. Here's what the Bible said. They deceive themselves. Deceive themselves. I guess that means they don't deceive God. Y'all ain't talking back to me this morning. I guess this is, a, I guess this is hitting where we live just a little bit maybe. I don't know. They, they don't talk. Are, are, are they, they, they don't deceive God. I'll tell you who else they don't deceive. They don't deceive the people who know them. If you think this morning that people are deceived, they notice that you have. I mean, I'm not talking about people who just run into you, but people who are around you every day, people who live with you, they know that you have no joy. They know that you have no discernment in spiritual matters. They know that you have no fellowship with God's people. They know that it's not a, I'm not talking about being awkward with people's skills. I'm talking about an inward fellowship that you, I'm not talking about being able to hang out at the back of the church. I'm talking about when the Word of God and the Spirit of God shows up, there is no connection with your spirit to those spiritual things. You're awkward and out of place and you have nothing to say that fits the fellowship. You may stand back there and hang out. You may hang out after church dismisses. There is nothing. And it is either because you are a disobedient Christian that needs to get some things right with God or you're a deceived sinner and the only person you're deceiving is you. Let's move on, I'll be done. Verse 9. Here's another hypothetical. Let's ask the first. Uh, hypothetically speaking, as John does, are you a disobedient Christian? Unconfessed sin, you need to get it right with God. Hypothetically speaking, are you a deceived sinner? The only person you've made, 
uh, ended up deceiving is yourself. Deceive sinner. Here's the next category, a delivered Christian. Verse number 9. Verse number uh, 7 is in contrast to verse 6. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Verse 9. If we confess our sins, watch this. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He says... He describes if we confess, that is the delivered Christian. Doesn't mean they've never sinned, doesn't mean that they don't sin, they recognize that they sin, they recognize that they need a Savior and they've received that Savior and since they've been saved they recognize that they need that Savior that saved them to work in their life and so they confess their sin. And they do it continually and it is not to put them back in the family of God, it is to keep them in fellowship with and so they come to God and they say, God, I've sinned. I've messed up. I, I, I did that that was grieving to your spirit. I did that that was grieving to your word. I did that that I ought not do. God, would you, would you con- I'm confessing it to you. Would you cleanse me of it? And the Bible said that God does all the rest. If we confess, if we confess our sin, talking about saved people, and he is faithful, just. Here's what he does. He forgives Here's what he does, he cleanses. And here's what he does, he gives us an avenue that we can get out of it. Because watch what the Bible said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you see, there is a forsaking there. I've come to God and confessing it. God has cleansed it, He's forgiven it, and I have forsaken it. And it may come back around sometime in my life, and if so, I'll come back and confess it. And God will cleanse it and forgive it, and I'll forsake it. But there'll be a repentance involved in that confession of the child of God who wants fellowship with God. You come down here to the altar, God, I want you to make this disappear. You're not going to walk out of here any different. But you go kneel before an almighty God and you say, God, I'm a sinner. and I'm confessing it to you. I need help. God will forgive that sin. And when you've entertained and you've enjoyed the forgiveness and the freedom of sin that comes along with that, it'll make you want to forsake it. You know what you'll have? You'll have fellowship with the church. And it won't be forced. It'll just be so easy. And you'll have fellowship with all the church. Have fellowship with the church. You know what I found? When people get out of fellowship, and there's always one or two, there's always one or two. When people get out of fellowship, they'll always say, Well, the church, they, they, didn't, they just didn't, they didn't welcome me anymore. The church didn't receive me anymore. Do you know what cancer is? It's a cell of your own body that turns against the other cells of your body. And all the good cells in your body have to fight those bad cells in your body that are a part of your body. 
And do you know what unforgiveness and bitterness and, and, and sinfulness and wickedness will do in your life? It will make you cancerous to the body of Christ. And you know what we'll do instead of getting that right? We'll, 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 we'll double down and we'll blame it on all, the whole church. And we'll say stuff like this. Well, I'm just going to have to go find me another church. Well, I'm just going to have to go find me another church. Why? Did they quit preaching the King James Bible? No. Why did they go contemporary? No. Why did, did, the, did the preacher run off with somebody? No. Why did the, did the deacon board uh, lose their minds? No. Why, why would you leave a good church that's full of God, filled with the Holy Ghost? Why? I'll tell you why. Because something happened in your heart. And you can't admit that. And so you blame that on Jesus' bride. Y'all listen to me now. You blame that on Jesus' body. There ain't nothing wrong with Jesus' body. Hallelujah. Jesus has got a beautiful bride. There ain't nothing wrong with Jesus' bride. No. There's nothing wrong with Jesus' And when you are right with God, when your sin is confessed and brought before the Lord, I tell you, you'll have fellowship with the church. You'll have fellowship with God. You can ride down the road and say, Lord, I just want to thank you. You've been so good to me. I love you. I'll talk to you in a little bit. And you can get up in the morning and say, praise God, it's good to be alive. You can go to bed at night. God, I'm about to go to sleep. But before I close my eyes one more time, I want to thank you. And if I wake up down here, praise God. And if I wake up over there, praise the Lord. Fellowship with God. Where you don't have to live in fear every day. God, you're going to take me out today. God, my sin going to catch up with me today. God, are they going to find out what I've done today? God, is it, is it all going to come over today and come to an end today? God wants you to have fellowship with Him. You'll walk in the light. When you can see, you'll have discernment. You'll make right decisions because you got discernment. You got a flashlight. The sun's up. You're living in a dark world with all kinds of light. That's why the world hates us because we're living in a dark world. We got all kinds of light. That's why we're saying, can y'all not see what's going on? No, they can't because they're living in darkness. They really can't see. They really can't see. And we've made heroes out of people who can't see their hand in front of their face. Boy, I'll tell you where my heroes are. They're down at the house of God. That's the crowd that can see. The church crowd, y'all help me right there. I'm nearly done. The church crowd, that's where I want my kids to grow up because that's a bunch of people that can see. That's where I want to go on Sunday morning, Sunday night. and when, I want to come back on Wednesday night because these folks over there, they can see some things. That's where I want to send my kids to school with some people who can see some stuff. They got discernment. I'll tell you what else they got and I'm done preaching. These things write we unto you that your joy may be full. When you're living in fellowship with God, you got joy. And you don't have just a little bit. It's full. Overflowing. Overrun. Well, I like hanging out with people who ain't, who ain't angry, depressed, and mad all the time. I like hanging out with people who's got joy. It don't take much and a little tear will well up in their eye. It, it don't take much and they'll just be praising God. You, you can run into them at Walmart and you better not instigate them and aggravate them because they're going to they're gonna be bragging on God right in the middle of aisle four. Yeah. 
They'll come up on the announcement. Uh, there's a spill on, there's a mess on aisle four and, and they'll be on aisle six praising God because they remember when there was a mess in their life and Jesus saved them to the uttermost and put together their mess and right in the middle of Walmart, they'll be worshiping God. You ain't got to hunt them down at church. They're going to be waiting on the door to open. Why? Because they got joy and they know where it come from and they like running around with people who's got it. (laughs) If something's ever wrong in their life, you'll know it because it'll be stark opposite of who they are. And they may be introverted and quiet, but you can see the joy of the Lord expelling itself from their persona. It'd be the alternative. What's wrong with you? What do you mean? Well, you're happy today. Oh, I'm sorry, I can't be happy. No, we're not, we're not familiar with that. What, you're smiling? Oh, y'all help me this morning. Come to the piano. Lord... I thank you this morning. Lord, I bless your name. Lord, we're in this somewhere, one of these, every one of us. Lord, every one of us this morning, we're either a deceived sinner, we're a disobedient Christian, or we are a delivered Christian who's living in the will of God, delivered from the chains and the pains of sin. Lord, we thank you this morning for, Lord, for your goodness and mercy. Help us now in this invitation. As she plays, Lord, speak to our hearts and draw us. Lord, if there's one lost this morning, I pray you'd save them before it's eternally too late. And I'll thank you in Christ's name. Let's stand all over the building this morning. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. As she sings, how many this morning would come sincerely talk to God about the message, sincerely say, God, would you reveal to me who I am if you haven't already? And I don't think you're going to need a whole lot of help. I think you pretty much well know where you fit in that category this morning.